Hi, I'm Lauren Schneider with Fast Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Celeste Dent, a cast member from M. Butterfly, playing on Broadway at the Court Theater. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you bet, you bet. Let's just dive right into this extraordinary conversation about an extraordinary play that you're in the middle of. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> of course, M. Butterfly, written by David Henry Wong, won the Tony in 1988 for Best Play. The New York Times calls this revival urgently relevant. Curious, yes. Celeste, mm-hmm. why do you think the piece speaks to us today? Well, the, the themes in the original play are still there, and they were so kind of shocking and relevant back in the day, and it's even more so now, unfortunately. Um, we have made progress, but a lot of the issues regarding you know, East versus West, power struggles, um, misunderstandings uh, or, you know, incorrect perceptions of the East by the West uh, is still prevalent. But in this revival, we were able to delve even deeper into the themes that were already dormant in the play, themes that perhaps the culture wasn't ready to talk about or didn't have the language to have a conversation about. Uh, 30 years ago, things like gender fluidity mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> what is I find most uh, relevant at this particular moment in our culture is the misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, it was prolific in its day and it is still so deeply relevant, I think even more so since the election. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like had... It, the election gone a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting. You have the election gone a different way. Um, the still the play would still be powerful and the themes would still be relevant, but I, I don't think it would feel as visceral um, as it does because um, I have I myself and a lot of the audiences have incredibly strong reactions, personal reactions to um, the questions that the play brings up. Right. Right, it's it's so powerful to be in the audience, hearing the words spoken and being absorbed into this story. Yeah. In 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, scratching our heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel it's almost Shakespearean. <laughs> sadly, in its, in its r- remarkable relevance. Yeah, yeah, and I really love what. Um, the original play was incredibly important to me, but I really, really love our um, adaptation of it or, you know, the reimagining of it because it's not so clear-cut. The, you know, there's a main kind of meta-underlining theme that I think applies universally, which is mm-hmm. question, the, question the narrative that we've been fed our entire lives because that narrative was constructed by the white, straight, cisgender male. Right. And it, the history that we're taught is the history that um, is the history of the victor. So Exactly. The winner writes the history. Yeah, the, of the conqueror, of the violent conqueror. Mm-hmm. And so the, the kind of meta theme that, that resonates incredibly strongly with me is this idea that I hope people walk away from the play talking about the themes and their ideas, their own personal takes on the themes, but really in the grander scheme of things, listen, 
question the narrative. Whatever situation you're in, whatever program you're watching mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. even even if it's the History Channel, mm-hmm. question the narrative. Who's funding this program? Mm-hmm. You know, what? Mm-hmm. Who's trying to get you to think a certain way about a certain thing? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's so curious to hear you raise these questions, particularly with the character that you play. Will yes. you address that a little bit because of the conflict contrast in yes. you as a person and yes. what you bring to life eight times a week? It's funny because the I get to ask this question a lot, and mm-hmm. um, and I, I definitely have the same questions as I was coming into this production myself. How am I going to be able to justify the terrible things that she does throughout the Cultural Revolution. Oh, and, and, and pardon me, let me interrupt just to let people know that you are playing Comrade Chin. Yes, Comrade Chin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My main role is Comrade Chin, and she, uh, you know, especially coming from a family that escaped China because they were fighting for the nationalists, I, I didn't know anything besides communism is bad, communism is bad, communists are evil. Hmm. The whole time I was growing up in Taiwan and then also here in the United States, that is, of course, the narrative we are also fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't teach us the history, they don't teach us here in America the history mm-hmm. of what happened in China. They don't teach us the extensive Chinese history. They just, it's a blurb in our, you know, world history textbook. Mm-hmm. And so over the last couple of years, I've really delved into kind of the background of how the country of China moved from dynasty to dynasty and the evolution of China and the Chinese people as a culture. And it's kind of brought me to an understanding of why collectively, as a people, the country of China, after years of shifting governments and um, finally overthrowing the empire, becoming a republic, and then having that government betray you as well, why it is so many people found Mao and communism so attractive, Mm -hmm. and the conditions of the culture and the society for people, women in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, at that time, uh, I also used um, to kind of get in touch with who Comrade Chin is and and where she might be coming from. And so really at the end of the day, and then and then to kind of juxtapose that with what's happening in the United States, you know, right. the, one per, the 1% versus the 99%, and I really have to question myself, if I myself, Celeste, with the personality that I have in this moment, were dropped back in time, in communist China as the revolution was happening, which side would I be on? Mm. You know, because that's that's the question in, that I had to ask myself when I was kind of putting myself in, uh, in the character. Right. Um, I don't agree with, I, Celeste, do not agree with the tactics and, the, and, and what happened in the Cultural Revolution. I take it as a personal affront, actually, that um, so much of my, what I consider my in, inheritance as a Chinese person mm-hmm. uh, was destroyed in the Cultural Revolution. But, but I did understand it, the mm-hmm. fury, the fury at the injustice. Mm-hmm. My, gra- my grandfather 
told me before he passed that um, told my brother and I that he and his brother and his mother lived during a time of famine in China mm. in in the countryside you know in tiny villages and every day she would go out and dig for there was no food so she would go out and dig for roots and stuff um, and she would let she would give it to him and his brother until mm. one day one morning she just didn't wake up she literally starved to death and so if I were to put myself in that situation right. and and then perhaps get the chance to look at all the fancy, cultured, rich people driving in their fancy cars, living their fancy lives, would I not be enraged enough uh-huh. to do the things that she does in the play? Right. Um, and I, I think the answer is yes, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, so for you as an actor, it was really quite a journey to arrive at a portrayal. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, (laughs) my essence as a person tends towards passionate and fiery, so uh, the kinds of of characters that I usually get to play uh, throughout my career tend to be kind of authoritative and passionate and... So that uh-huh. aspect, um, the emotional aspect, I could kind of uh, touch on quite, I can reach quite easily. It really was getting my mindset around how to get in there and how to justify that for myself that, that took a little bit of finessing. Well, you've given me the perfect segue to ask about the extraordinary director, Julie Taymor, uh, who, of course, is so famous for her ingenious, creative, imaginative stagecraft in so many different mediums. Yes. How is it like to work with her for you as an actor? I cannot say enough about her and our entire team. Um, Mm. Julie in particular is exactly my kind of lady. (laughs) Um, You know, she has a reputation for being um, visually oriented but in our process and you know and even you use the word stagecraft and yes um, she is known for this kind of ingenious theatricality but in the process of this play she was very much anchored and focused on the relationships and the characters well the humanity um, is such a strong strong part of her work yes and I think it really shows that uh, you know, she is a multi-dimensional artist. She might be most well known for the beautiful way she uses her aesthetic and and um, and theatricality uh, through objects and and the visual aesthetic. But but she is incredibly in depth and sensitive and um, focused and visionary. Is really the the most perfect word I can, I, I think, that applies to her is she has a, a vision, mm-hmm. and she's collaborative. Um, you know, as a Broadway veteran, as a Broadway rookie, I walked into this process a little bit tentative, uh, wondering if I should, you know, how I should behave, wondering, what, uh-huh. of course, being a little bit insecure and, and thinking of all the ways I might not be able to be 100% myself in the room, how I should... Mm-hmm be more careful. I'm with these people with such great established 
reputations. And oh, and here you are making caliber. your and you're making your Broadway debut in this. Yeah, place, you know, right, right. here's little little old me who's never done anything oh. but like you know regional theater and you know a little couple TV spots here and there. I'm from LA, you know. <laughs> um, I live in LA. I'm not a New Yorker. Um, and and when I got in the room, it was just so warm and generous and collaborative. There was no ego in the room whatsoever from these. Mm creative giants, you know, you got David Henry and you got Julie and you've got Clive and everyone was so warm that it really, once you get in the room, it really just felt like any other project where it's just a bunch of people really excited and focused and passionate about creating a story together, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And she had such a strong vision for what she wanted um, and she made it her, her passion and dedication really, really fueled ours and made mm. us want to give her our best. Oh, my goodness, to have been a fly in the wall, <laughs> that rehearsal process. Yeah. I mean, it's it was, <laughs> as though we want the documentary. Of, yeah, we laughed Of the play being put together in 2017. Well, this yeah, has yeah. been extraordinary. I'm so grateful, Celeste, to you and your time for sharing all of this insight today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Great. I'm Lauren Schneider with Celeste Dent from M. Butterfly, playing at the court on Broadway. Thank you. <laughs>